0: Good morning everyone. Welcome to Conversations on Care, our Facebook talk show host bringing together service providers in healthcare, our clients and caregivers, and our team at Open Arms to help families better understand and cope with uh, aging parents and seniors with chronic care needs. My name is Julie Colada and I am the proud founder and president of Open Arms Solutions. And Open Arms is a home care agency serving the Chicagoland area, focusing on inspired home care solutions for seniors with chronic conditions such as dementia, Parkinson's and other movement disorders. It is truly our mission to help our families navigate through this journey and to truly know that their loved ones are living their best life possible if you find these dialogues helpful please give us a like and a share so others uh, can reach it can reach more people who need the information I will say over the years that we've been doing this our audience has grown and grown to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and we're thrilled um, that we're getting this information out to people if you have any questions or topics you'd like to learn more about please put them in the comments because we're co- and below because we're constantly looking for new ideas, uh, that are things that will be important for you, for everyone listening. So I am really thrilled that with me today is actually my friend Andrea Kupferberg-Brown, who is also the founder and CEO of Hey It's Safe LLC. And our topic today is the benefits of hiring a daily money manager. Welcome, Andrea. It's so fun to have you on the program.
1: Thank you, Julie. So great to be here. I've watched a number of your prior episodes, as I like to think of them. And they are always engaging, informative, um, and really valuable for families and um, the community that supports the seniors that, that you support and that I provide services to as well. So thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. So why don't we start with, tell us a little bit about yourself Mm -hmm. and and really what was the journey that's inspired you to start Pay It Safe? Sure.
1: So like many of us that are uh, serving the senior market in the caring and giving uh, service industry, I started this chapter based on a personal experience. My mother, who lived out of state, got sick and needed a lot of care on the medical front, but also it became clear she needed help paying her bills and organizing her documents and staying on top of some of the personal financial needs that we all face day to day and deal with. Um, But when you're older and you're facing medical issues or just perhaps a cognitive decline, you can't do it all yourself. And so I learned that there is an industry that provides this service professionally called Daily Money Managers. There is a national governing organization, the American Association of Daily Money Managers. And given that I had a background in financial services and I was looking for a next chapter, it was a logical next step for me to work with other seniors and help them on the financial front of navigating the aging process where maybe they need more care and more resources than they had before.
0: Yeah, that's... So many of us end up in a place in our life based on our personal experience. And um, so, and I don't know that I actually knew that, that you that you had that experience relative to your mom, but it makes sense. It makes perfect sense that that's, that's how you discovered the need. Um, Andrea, what is the difference between a daily money manager and how's that different, different from a book, bookkeeper mm-hmm. or from an accountant?
1: Yes. So it's a good question. And and some people learn about this field and they say, oh, I didn't know there was someone like you. And the good news is there are people like us. So a lot of daily money managers come to this field from a different background. So I come from a financial background, but some people come from um, maybe social work or some other background as a a next um, chapter. The difference really is that an accountant is someone who is going to, has CPA and can prepare your tax return and helps you with um, managing your finances related to taxes. And a bookkeeper, a um, view is more of a business function for um, bill paying and um, accounts payroll and keeping the books. A daily money manager covers some of those top um, tasks for people on the individual level, but they also will interface with a client's accountant or with their family to share information or with their financial advisor because i don't manage my clients portfolios or tell them where to invest their assets but i will look at what their pool of assets is and help determine what their budget is what it's costing them to live and is there enough money to live so i am uh, i work in conjunction i would say with their accountant and or a financial advisor um, and a family to help them Keep all the puzzle pieces of the financial side of keeping our seniors where they are, or funding where they need to go. Um, a piece, and, and try to quarterback that role.
0: Makes sense. Um, are, is there any special training that a daily money manager receives? Because I have to tell you, I really, truly never understood that there was an association of yeah. daily money managers. I was—I would suspect there's all sorts of training that's available through that association.
1: So there is. And this governing body is it's a voluntary uh, association or membership. I mean, um, but there are guidelines to be a member. So you have to carry insurance. You have to be um, incorporated in in some way. Um, There is an annual conference that's hosted. Unfortunately, the last two years have been virtual. But prior to that, we went in person and we're hoping to be able to do that in 2022. Um, Mm -hmm. And so as a group nationally, and then we have smaller local um, cohorts, we share best practices, we have uh, documents. So typically for clients and in engagement, we have a confidentiality agreement that we sign, a letter of engagement that details the services that we provide. It is a very professional um, um, profession, if you will, Mm -hmm. with, um, yeah, legal and um, insurance and professional guardrails that we employ and best practices that we share. There's also certified daily money managers. After a certain number of hours of practice, you can test and be certified. I think it's a small number of us that have that certification. And really our value added is our years of experience of doing this, seeing different situations with different clients and applying those things that we've learned, lessons learned anticipatorily with clients as well as
0: in the moment when things come up. Sure. Can you, you know, can you give us some examples of really some of the things, the scenarios that you've seen Mm -hmm. where, because I'm sure you've seen so many different scenarios Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where, you know, having a daily money manager was really just flashed that that was just really an important solution for families. Yes.
1: I think that um, the, the best example is a situation where uh, I was brought into a couple, an older couple, by their adult son, who said my mother does the Quicken report for the accountant for two buildings that they own. Uh, they had, you know, uh, tenants, and so they um, had a business as a rental uh, landlord. And and his mother was having trouble with Quicken, so it started as a computer issue. And I came in to look because I have a, a pretty good background with computers, but but more with um, software. So uh, Quicken and uh, QuickBooks, financial software. So I came in mm-hmm. to take a look. And not only was there a computer problem with Quicken, but it turns out his mother had not been putting in the expenses for the buildings for close to a year. And then it turned out there were some uh, overdraft charges at the bank, some bounced bounce checks, because there wasn't enough money in the account. And his parents had plenty of money. It turns out his mother was in the early stages of dementia and was no longer able to manage their personal finances. They owned two homes, they had a home in Illinois, they had a vacation home, two rental properties, and you know that's a lot for anyone to manage, let alone an 85-year-old woman with dementia. Now she has three adult children, I was brought in by one, but they're all professionals themselves, they have their own full-time jobs and this isn't what they do, so I was brought in. and. I not only set up a system to make sure there was always enough money in all the right accounts, to make sure the rent checks were coming in on time and going into the right accounts, but I also set up a spreadsheet of, I set up online access to a lot of their accounts and set up a spreadsheet with all of the access information so that they, and ultimately their children or anyone else, an accountant subsequently, could get to all this information. Because in this day and age where everything's become digital, Seniors, even in their best forms, are not as savvy at setting that stuff up. And oftentimes it becomes the only way to access some of our information. So I was able to get all of that organized. I saw all of their assets and investment accounts and where they were. And I set up a spreadsheet with where all of them uh, resided, who the right financial um, advisor in each firm was. So that, and ultimately, sadly, both parents passed away in, in very uh, close proximity to each other which was very sad kind of beautiful in a way they've been married 65 years but it made for all of the the next steps for the adult children to manage that estate it made it much easier because everything was where they knew it would be and it eliminated a lot of finding out where these Um, accounts lie. And you really, a lot of it becomes much harder to do if you don't have the active cooperation of the seniors. So I was able to get a lot of this set up while his parents were still uh, in in good enough shape. We could get on the phone together or get on the computer together and make sure we had a full accounting of where everything was so that when they were less able to get on the phone and answer some of these questions and remember some things, it was all already organized and, and available.
0: You know, I I think back to um, so with my experience with my mom, where she had some uh, mini strokes and her her dementia came on. What appeared suddenly, yeah. but in retrospect, there were signs earlier, which is often the case.
1: Sure.
0: But she uh, was a very independent woman who really wasn't uh, very comfortable sharing uh, her financial information. With the children, with us, and uh, and so unfortunately, when you know she had these strokes and she had a, a vascular dementia and then a mixed dementia, vascular and Alzheimer's disease, um, she she was not able to help at all in terms of uh, being able to describe what accounts were where. Who were key people within those accounts? And uh, it really fell on primarily me yeah. to um, really try to, um, you know, it was a mystery, right? Try to put all the, the, the pieces together. And it's really incredibly stressful and time-consuming.
1: Right. Um, and you're dealing with the, the emotional and medical pieces of it as the adult child. And I, yeah. I see that as well. And, and yeah. so sort to of have the financial piece either already in place or taken care of by by a professional who knows what to look for and where these things might be. And you also bring up a good point. So this also involves power of attorney, right? Because if the parent is living and you don't have a power of attorney, there's almost no way to find these answers because to protect ourselves, right? We have this requirement of power of attorney or otherwise financial uh, agencies can't share information. And while that makes sense on the one hand It's a little impractical, on the other hand, and it's I will say that I have spent a lot of time and I've prepared a checklist that I share with my friends. And and on a professional basis, I have um, a a sort of program that I'm um, marketing to people where it's a consult with me for for adult children, say, in our general age range to to know what they ought to have their parents get in, in order while they're capable of it, right? Where our parents, maybe they don't even have to set us up with power of attorney yet, but but along with us, enable us to know and, and set up um, where is all their information, where are their assets, what are the bank account numbers, who are the financial advisors, so that if they become unable to give us guidance to that, we have it. But it's, again, a fine line. As you mentioned, I've had other clients who don't want to share their financial information with their children, and that's why having a third-party me was a very safe option from both sides, because the adult children knew that the information would be available to them when it was needed, and then they didn't have to worry about scrambling to get it like it sounds
0: as you do. Oh, yeah. I mean, that point alone is just um, <laughs> you know, a, a huge motivation for hiring someone like yourself. Because we see it all the time with families. You know, it wasn't just my family. We see it all the time with families. And it's, um, you know, there's this intergenerational, you know, money is such an emotional topic. And then you throw in the family dynamics. Um, it's just a powder keg. So, and, you know, I, I applaud the people, that example you gave, the, the, the children that hired you in time, really while there was, you know, their their parent, their mom was able to really help interact with you, get the information. And so that is, um, you know, good for them. You know,
1: yes. and in this I industry, say,
0: you oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to
1: say that as I you, I imagine you see a lot, sometimes the seniors are resistant to having help, right? It's not like all my clients, Often. Say, great, Andrea is here to help me. I need her help, come on in. Uh, it, it often is a process, usually starts with the adult children, but I always try to position myself with the seniors as to help them. I'm not there to do it for them. I'm there to help them get it done. I tend to find over time they're happy to have someone else do a lot of this. Um, but I'm always very cognizant that to seniors, it may feel that this is another um, example for them of their losing control or autonomy, and they don't like that. And who can blame them? So I try very hard to walk that line of positioning myself as being there to help them and do it with them, not really for them, and certainly not for their children.
0: Oh uh, yeah, and Andrew, that's such that's such an important distinction, and uh, of doing something with someone, not for them. And you're right. You know, seniors that we work with, and you know, my team, a lot of them are watching right now. Um, you know, they, we realize seniors, they're going through loss every day. They're, they're losing their friends, they're losing, um, and they're losing their independence at different levels and different times of their lives. So, so many of these, these, these um, incredible people that we help who were, you know, incredibly dynamic, well, still are dynamic, but were dynamic in different ways in their family and took different responsibilities and had incredible careers, you know, and now they um, often resist, as you said, and, you know, we're gonna do the same thing. When we start to get to the point, you know, uh, where we can't do things that we used to do anymore, it's difficult to get help, and so, the more empathetic we can be in understanding of what people are going through, um, the more successful we're going to be able to be to helping them, and it sounds like you're very in tune with that. I'm not surprised to hear that, um, but, but that is such a key part of, uh, of, of being successful in helping people. We have a viewer question. Oh, okay. Let me make sure I get to it. Financial conversations can make seniors feel very vulnerable. What is the best approach to take with someone who is hesitant to share about their finances, but clearly needs assistance to manage them? How should the conversation be initiated?
1: So that's an excellent question and and gets to what we've been uh, touching on, which is, and, and for everyone, it may be a little different how to initiate this. So once I'm brought in to have a conversation with the senior, I emphasize that my role, as I say, is not to do things for them, but with them, that they are my client, not their children. I have a confidentiality agreement that I sign with my clients to um, expressly state that I don't share their information if they don't want me to with their children. So I try to create an interaction with me as being a safe place for them where it's assistance for them. It's not doing it for them. And it's not sharing their information with anyone that they don't want it shared with. Um, you know, and it, it takes a little time to develop a relationship and trust, right? Any of us have had this experience, whether it's a new attorney that we're hiring or a caregiver in, in Julie, your business's case. Um, and sometimes it takes a little time. I mean, oftentimes I've been brought in. I had one client who I would go to her house. She barely spoke to me each time I would go and I would look at her bills with her I would write out the check but she would sign it um, and over time I tried to develop a rapport and and I was able to do that and we got more she got more comfortable with me and then but with it as time went on I would come and she'd just hand me the pile and say here you do it and she would still just sign it um, I will say I like to also share with seniors that this is a way to help them I can help them pay bills online get statements um, available online so we don't have anything paid late. I try to position it as a way to help them as opposed to take responsibility and and autonomy away from them. But again, every client, it's a little different and depends what's needed. I try to tailor my perspective and my role, but always with the intent of not making them feel that they're giving up autonomy, but rather I'm helping them even open up time to do other things or get things up, their to-do list that they don't really enjoy doing anyway.
0: Yeah. So important. And uh, I, I, I think the fact that you sign a confidentiality agreement with them is really important. Um, and I'm sure that the adult children who hire know that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are there scenarios where with the confidentiality ag- uh, agreement that you, um, you know, you gain their agreement to talk to certain people in the family?
1: Yes, yeah, so I had one client who uh, sounds like your mother was very private and didn't want, she had two adult children, didn't want them knowing what her finances looked like. And I honored that for um, the time she was my client. Uh, she had a better relationship with her daughter who lived nearby and a very strained relationship with an adult son who lived out of state, um, but they were both going to be uh, beneficiaries of her estate. Which was not an insignificant amount of money, um, and but I, the the adult daughter would say to me, "I'm not asking you to, uh, you know, betray the the confidence, but do you know where everything is, and is there enough money?" And I would say yes. And the good news is, right, because it's it's not fair to an adult child to not share information, and ultimately they might have some financial responsibility for the parent. So so in this case there was going to be plenty of money to cover the mother's um, continued care. She was 99 by then, so I also knew there was not likely to be another five to 10 years of care required. Um, But it was a little awkward because I knew of that strained relationship with the son and um, tried, as I always do, to make sure everything was transparent. So should any one of the adult children need to look at transactions that had occurred while I was on duty that everything was going to be as it should have been and fully transparent.
0: Good. And I, I so appreciate the, uh, the sensitivity to that because that's incredibly, incredibly important and valuable. So w- people who work with this incredibly special population of seniors, we're privileged enough, right? Mm-hmm. We get so much out of it. We do. Um, you and I were talking a little bit about that. We also see a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, many many caregiver or many seniors just really fall prey to all sorts of um, predators who, you know, want to take advantage of the senior and commit fraud and. Uh, Can you give some examples? Do you have some examples where you were able to help protect the senior in that regard?
1: Yes. So you're absolutely right. And so many times I still get calls from a client. I got a message from Apple that my account is frozen and I should click on this. I say, don't, you know, do not do that. Um, So I in some cases I have access to uh, I've been given access to their email account. And again, I'm comfortable with that because I have insurance and I know I have integrity and I only do what's in their interest. But Mm -hmm. I know for some people, it might take a little time to get comfortable with that. But, um, you know, I might see emails that come through that are phishing and I will delete them. I look at I review bank statements and credit card statements. So in many cases, I found, you know, I'll say I'm not looking to judge anyone of my client's spending. But if I see charges to a place I've never heard of for a big amount, I'll ask them, did you do this? And often, sometimes the answer has been no, I don't know what that is. So we've had to, in some cases, cancel a credit card and have a new one issued. And again, for a senior who's 85 to get on the phone, sometimes it's you have to start with an automated system. It can be very difficult to navigate. So, um, and actually getting back to the previous question of, of how I have the conversation, I, I also sometimes reference these things. I will look at your bank statement, look at your credit card, make sure everything looks right and it I find over time it gives it would give anyone right a little comfort to say oh maybe there are things going on that I don't know about and I have someone who is experienced here to make sure that I'm not spending money where I shouldn't because none of us want to do that Um, I've had cases where clients have either inadvertently or um, because a website that you ordered something from once somehow enrolled you in a monthly fee So, you know, I've seen those charges and I've gotten on the phone and gotten them reversed. So, I mean, I can also quantify for clients and families savings by having me as well as sort of the intangible comfort of having a pair of eyes to make sure that all the finances are in order. And frankly, another social interaction for the senior. Right. I come into their home and it's a social interaction and it's also a pair of eyes to say, Oh, does everything look right? Are they on top of things? Have they missed things? You know, I mean, I know as the caregiver, once you're brought in, you see that, but sometimes probably until a caregiver is brought in, there could be a decline and, and signals that if nobody's there to see them, they'll get missed. And then things maybe deteriorate farther than we'd like them to before some additional resources. Yeah, I think that's
0: in. so important. And that's great. I'm sure, you know, as you you, you build really valued relationships and any kind of, you know, uh, engagement and interaction. I shouldn't say any kind, but quality kinds are so important for seniors. You know, I, and I think the other thing that I was just, I am thinking the viewpoint that I have is that I really do think that, and it's really our absolute uh, advice that we give to families, um, is that there needs to be someone, and this is, and this isn't, you know, this is, this can be a touchy, a touchy subject, but a little, for seniors in particular, where are we're, uh, living by themselves. Um, you know, we, we have seniors, we've heard of stories where, you know, the senior picks up the phone call and there's, oh my gosh, so many stories like this. And someone is pitch you know, pitching something to sell to them yes. and, you know, no one's there in the house with them to really help protect them truly. I mean, there's so much of the, you know, so many things like that, fraudulent scams. And um, and so we really, and, and for so many other reasons. I mean, we do extensive background checks on our caregivers and, mm-hmm. and we are so diligent in that regard. But even though we do that, you never know at any point in time that something could change in their life and they could do something that we really don't want them to do. So truly, I mean, I'm, I have a lot of care coordinators on our team that are watching this right mm-hmm. now. The care coordinators help manage the caregivers and are the people that have the important relationship with the family members, making sure we deliver the kind of care and support that, that they're looking for. Um, where we have to be very adamant sometimes and make sure someone has their eyes on bank accounts. hmm and that there's an independent person that can be watching out for some unusual activity. It's just really important. Now, you know, some of the seniors that we work with that are very um, have very strong cognition and are you know very independent still and capable. Great. Most of the folks that when seniors you know you you pointed out technology now is very challenging. Oh my gosh, in our office, we have a young woman who started with us, uh, you know, young, incredibly intelligent, technologically savvy. Mm -hmm. Her first day, and I think she's watching this program right now, her first day she got phishing. Phishing, she got an email that supposedly came from me asking her to do something for her Mm -hmm. uh, regarding transferring money. Well, she's incredibly intelligent and capable but there's so many clever uh predators out there yes that um you know shoot andrea i have to think sometimes when i get those emails and just really think twice should i open that attachment so
1: right. we're
0: very adamant about the fact that there should be someone with eyes you know on a senior's account somehow if it's you fantastic and i told you i mean i am thrilled that we have uh, that I have I actually asked a lot of people on our team to watch this program because thrilled to have a resource like you um, that you know can add so much value um, there's so many other things we we can talk about we're, we're almost out of time. Is there anything else that you want to add that we haven't talked about that you think is a really a truly a important benefit to hiring someone like yourself? So I think, on the most personal level, the benefit
1: is for, for people who have seniors in their lives that need additional help. This takes the sort of fraught financial piece out of the parent-child relationship, because as you mentioned earlier, right, money is a very fraught emotional conversation. How much money we have is a very taboo subject. So, and usually if there's the seniors requiring some additional resources, there's some sort of decline, there there are medical events, there are things happening that, right, involve emotional and, um, and medical interaction between the ad, adult child and the senior, so having a third-party independent who's going to look at things regularly, right, because many of us don't even look at our own, I look at my bank account often because I'm in the financial field, but many of us don't, and usually that's probably fine, but, um, with seniors being particularly vulnerable having a lot going on and and trying to preserve the adult um child parent relationship i think having an independent financial person such as myself who also has connections in the senior space when maybe other resources are needed um can just be helpful to the family dynamic overall i charge by the hour it's a very reasonable rate so from a financial perspective where people may think, oh, well, how many resources can we pay for at this point? I think a daily money manager is a very cost-effective way to bring in another pair of eyes, have somebody watching the finances, and, and identify and potentially make introductions to other resources that can only help their
0: senior. Andrea, that's terrific. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to have you on this program. Excited to share this video with people and um, thanks for doing what you do. Julie, it's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you for having me. I hope that we've provided some valuable information to your viewers, and i um, happy to, you know, talk to anyone further if they have questions about a particular situation or think I can be helpful. I would love that, and thank okay. you again for having me.
0: You're welcome. Thank you so much. Bye now. Bye-bye.